You know when you meet somebody and you just know they are totally on the same wavelength as you? Well, that's what happened when I met this week's guest. She's a wellness coach and behaviour change specialist who works with her clients to help them create long-term healthy habits without diets and with a huge dose of compassion. And in this episode, we had a wonderful chat all about how the world of diet and fitness might be starting to change, some of the very first steps to creating sustainable lifestyle change rather than just staying on that roller coaster, and how we can become happier and more confident as a result. So if you have a tendency to be on it and then off it and then on it again, and you can never quite seem to get to a place where you have that balance, consistency, and most importantly, sustainability built into your life, then this one's for you. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast, bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life, improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at alexchickfit. Welcome back, everybody, and welcome to episode 30 of the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. I really hope you've been enjoying the last few weeks of amazing guests. I have loved chatting to so many inspiring women throughout this series of interviews, and I love the different perspective that everyone is bringing. And today is no different because I am joined by Sade Rael, who is a wellness coach and behavior change specialist and also the host of the Feel Good Naked podcast. And honestly, I have loved listening to that podcast because the perspective she brings to all things fitness, wellness, and nutrition is so similar to the way that I think about these things as well, in that it's all about how we can create sustainability, but still keep enjoying the things that we love. Because that has to be the goal, right? To work on our well-being and live our best lives, but to know that that doesn't have to mean a lifetime of restriction. So welcome, Sade. So lovely to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. So before we get into a proper bit of chat about sustainable behavior change, which is, you know, really what you're here to talk about today. Could you introduce yourself to everyone? Let us know a little bit about what you do. Yeah, of course. So I am a online wellness coach and my specialty is behavior change. So I do the nutrition and I do the fitness, but the main thing is working on the mindset strategies mm. to make this stuff stick. Yeah. And that's been my focus for the last eight years now. Mm -hmm. And um, just before we sort of started the interview, you were talking about how you're trying this, uh, you know, this sort of digital nomad lifestyle. Because <laughs> you're, yeah. so you, I know you lived in the UK for a while, yeah. And then you've lived in the US, but now you're, you're sort of traveling around. You're off to South Africa next, right? Tell me a bit about that. Yeah. So it's a little bit unconventional, but um, essentially with everything that happened with the pandemic, I think my husband and I, we both kind of realized that we didn't want to put off doing this anymore, having this adventure around the world. It was something we always wanted. And I think for a lot of people, you kind of reframe these bucket list goals you have during that time because you don't know what's going to happen. And 
that was the decision we made back in March. Took six months to plan it. And then we're basically working in different countries. And the next stop is South Africa. Uh, but we did live in the UK for six years. So I'm officially, anyways, a British citizen. <laughs> oh, are you? Okay. <laughs> wow. It sounds really exciting. And can you tell me a little bit more about kind of how you got into this area? Like, what is it that brought you to, to be like a behavior change specialist? Sure. So I started out as a personal trainer. And when I was doing the personal training at the time, in the beginning, I didn't know anything really about nutrition. I just kind of, you know, you get basic stuff when you start out. Started learning more about that. And what I saw with clients was, and you probably see this too, is you give the meal plan, you give the workouts, but getting them to actually make it stick, especially after they stop working with you can be really challenging. And it all comes down to what habits can you help them with? And so I saw this gap where what I was teaching was not sticking. And it was really frustrating. I wanted to help, you know, we're here to help everyone in this profession. And that was when I started the studies for that was to figure out, you know, what's the psychology behind it? What are the different shifts that people have to make? And luckily, I think the wellness world is going more in that direction, but it's still not super common. Yeah, totally. And I, and, um, you know, this is something I always think, I think because I surround myself with this stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, everyone's doing it now. But actually, I, I you know, genuinely, I, I think it's still quite a small part of that. And, you know, totally, you know, it just sounds like we've had the same kind of journey. You know, I'm, I am still a personal trainer as well, but, you know, having worked with so many women over the last eight years and kind of got you, the more you work with them, the more you like, they know what they need to do. They don't need me to stand here and tell them, hey, eat more veg or, you know, eat less sugar. They don't need that. They need the help with the actual, right, how how do I get there? Like, how do I make that change? So, you know, and and I think, honestly, while I was listening to your podcast, it's like we're both singing from completely the same hymn sheet. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of the things that you talk about are so similar to what I talk about, too. And I really love that. Um but do you, you know, go back to what I just said a second ago, do you think the world is starting to change at all and maybe move away from that kind of go hard or go home mentality that we've all had? It's so hard to say because it is, as you say, like you and I are in this almost bubble where we know the future of wellness. We, we see it in our clients. We see the transformations. We see how much more powerful it is. But I, I'm not sure that how big that bubble is. I feel like it might be quite small still. and. I do think that the shifts are coming that will change that, that will make it more mainstream. But at the same time, when I look at the people who are going viral with videos, it's not about, you know, how do you change your life forever? It's mm. how I lost X amount of weight in one month. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's still all of those, uh, you know, almost the transformation, the before, the before and after, you know, kind of, yes. kind of effect as well. You still see around quite a lot. And, and, you know, like you say, I think, I, I think I probably am in a bit of a bubble because I surround myself with it. Like on Instagram, you know, I, I make sure that I follow people that have the same mindset as me. I read books from people who have the same mindset as me. So I think there is that sense of having that bubble, but then I, uh, there's a group, that I, a really, really big Facebook group that I'm in the other day. And I noticed in there that somebody posted sort of saying, oh, you know, I really want to do a diet. Which one of these is best? 
And there were literally hundreds of comments underneath and they were all just saying, right, well, this is the diet. This worked for me. This worked for me. This worked for me. Nobody was in there saying, hang on a minute. Uh, (laughs) Are we thinking about maybe not doing a diet in the first place? And it just, it really brought it home to me because I'd been like, oh, really positive. Oh yeah, everything's changing. It's amazing. And then you see something like that and you, you realize that for most people, it's not the case. And so it still feels like there's a lot of work to do, right? Yeah, I still think that there's so much. I mean, the reason why I was really excited too to connect with you is, and I don't know if you see this as well, is that as much as there's this mainstream view of, you know, go hard, lose weight quick, do whatever you can, work out intense. On the other side of the more traditional non-diet area is very much, we're not going to talk about weight at all. We're not going to do any of these changes at all. Uh, Don't worry about what you eat. And I think that that's where it's difficult because if you say to someone, you know, don't worry about your weight, don't worry about change, but you also don't have to worry about health. It's not Mm. really true. (laughs) You know, like it doesn't matter. And I think that middle ground that we're in is even a smaller bubble. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I get that because, you know, I sometimes, you know, I read a lot about, say, things like intuitive eating and stuff like that. And, and I love so, so, so much of what they say. But at the same time, there's that small part of me as well that's kind of going, however, we, you know, there's got to be that little bit of balance in the middle where you're kind of saying, actually, let's think about, you know, how can we still have all the things that we love and, and do the things that we love and not feel the guilt around food and all those kind of things, but also look after ourselves. Cause that's, you know, that's what the majority of people want to do. They just want to look after themselves, but it's, you know, it's become so hard. It feels like it's become very hard to do that. Cause like you say there, it's like, it's almost polar opposites, isn't it? It's either do this diet or Hey, forget about it and just let all of it go kind of thing. And it's like, how can we, how can we get to the middle of that? I think it's so hard. I remember I, uh, on Instagram, I wrote a post where I was just sharing a recipe and I was saying that one of the things I like to do And, you know, I still eat pizza and ice cream and all that. Mm. But one of the things I like to do is I like to make more nutrient dense, healthier versions of my favorite foods. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I think this was a pasta dish and I really like to make it with lemon sauce and courgette. It's not saying I don't eat the pasta, Mm. but it was just saying, like, I also like to do this because I'm not going to have pasta every day. That's just not going to make me feel good. And I had this nasty comment from a non-diet warrior about this page is crap. She didn't say crap. She said worse. And you shouldn't be posting about stuff. How can you call yourself non-diet? If you're talking Mm. about this, eat what you want. And that for me really epitomized the problem here where Mm. If you're trying to tell people you can be healthy, but it does involve some balance, they don't hear it because all they hear is this non-diet stuff, which is really, really strict. And then they think, well, I I do care. Like I do want to still be healthy. So where do I go? And that's where it's like what you're doing is is really is unique, even though it seems like everyone's doing it. Yeah, I know. And I think, you know, I've been uh, learning a lot about this sort of perimenopause. You know, that's the phase of my life that I'm in at the moment. And, you know, one of the things that you, that really comes out of that is that, you know, having a nutrient dense diet is is actually really important. You know, not just at, my, at this stage of life, but at, at all stages. But, you know, particularly at this stage of life, when you're trying to balance hormones and you're trying to balance, you know, certain symptoms that come with that perimenopause menopause period, then actually eating a nutrient dense diet is really a really important part of that. So we can't completely ignore that. But at the same time, there is that you don't want people feeling guilt because they ate some chocolate. And I think that, you know, that 
restriction is one of the reasons that we do then overindulge at the end of the day, which is the reason that I try and get people away from that restriction mentality. And also there's there's something to be said about kind of being okay with maybe being a bit heavier than you want to, you know, like I, I very much had that, that, you know, the past few years been trying to make peace with the idea that I may never get to the body ideal because quite frankly, I'm not prepared to do the things that it takes to get there. Um, and I think that that, that is part of the message as well. It's kind of saying to people, hey, you know, it's it's kind of, a, it's okay to be you as you are, but it's also okay to want to be healthy and want to look after yourself, right? Completely. And it's very much, it's because you get kind of um, a bit of feedback too from the extremists where they say that are really, you know, pushing the hard line of how to be super fit, that you're, they almost say, you know, you're overpromising. How can you be healthy and look fit? You can't do both, but it's what you're saying, which is you have to let go of this ideal that maybe is not possible for you genetically or not possible if you're not willing to go super restrictive. And personally, I don't think it's worth it either. Like I've accepted, I will probably never have a six pack because mm. I carry weight around my hips and my abs. And for me to do that requires extreme restriction and yeah. eating, you know, chicken and veg with no sauce for the rest of my yeah. life. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, and I, and I think that that's what, the, you know, the diet industry has led us to believe that we, we can have that, but and we can, you know, we can, but the level of restriction that is required to do that is so extreme for most people that they're never going to get there. So they just spend their lives feeling dissatisfied, don't they? And, and you know, from so many women I've spoken to, that the biggest problem is that that they have spent so much of their lives on the diet that all that has happened is they've gradually got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like, how do we, you know, how do we let go of that? So how, so how do you approach that with your clients? How do you help them to kind of let go of this kind of body ideal? How do you convince them to let go of dieting? Because even though it's maybe not serving us, we still hold on to it very tightly. Yeah, it's, it's extremely hard. I think the first thing that I do is I encourage them. I don't force it. I don't force any of this because when you force anything, people resist. Mm -hmm. But I encourage them to first step, get rid of the scale. So we don't use the scale at all in my coaching at all. Yeah. Love that. Until the very end. Right. Like there's Because the, when you look at that scale and you look at those numbers and if they don't reflect what you want to see, then you have this immediate reaction of I'm not good enough. My body's not good enough. Why am I doing this anyway? Let me go ahead and eat all the ice cream. It just has a lot of negative responses. So one of the first steps to stopping the diet cycle is taking away that adherence to the number. Yeah. And I think that makes a huge difference. And it's really scary when people first try it. Yeah. But after a month of doing it, I don't think you care anymore. You stop mm-hmm. because you realize I can still be healthy and the world hasn't fallen down. Yeah. I yeah. Exactly the same. I did that a few years ago. Like I threw, I literally put my scales in the bin and I didn't weigh clients anymore and I didn't weigh myself anymore. And it's, it's something that I'm always telling people to do. I'm like, please throw the scales away. Please stop weighing yourself. And I think people think that it gives them an element of control, but actually from my own personal experience, all it did for me was it kind of dictated how I felt about myself each day. So, you, you know, we all know before we start your period, you're going to put on five pounds overnight, right? <laughs> that happens. And you wake up and you're like, oh my yeah. God, why am I bothering? This is not working. And sometimes you can, you know, and I put this in inverted commas, you can be really good all the week and you will put a couple of pounds on and you're like, what the hell? I've done all this and I put two pounds on. Yeah. Why am I not losing weight? 
And it just, I just find it such an unhelpful tool, I would say, uh, in so many respects. So defeating. Actually, so many respects. So let's move on to talk a little bit more about this idea of kind of non-diet nutrition, which we've already started to cover off. So what does non-diet nutrition mean for you? And how do you start to help people to move away from those diets and towards something that is going to be a bit more sustainable long term? Sure. So for non-diet nutrition, it it basically includes these things. So it's making sure that your body is getting the nutrients that it needs because paradoxically, but not really, once it does that, a lot of the physical cravings you have for different foods disappear. Mm -hmm. A lot of the issues you have with energy where you go for another coffee or you go for sugar or tea disappear because you've taken care of what the body needs. And for each person, that's very different. So I am not someone to give non-diet nutrition guidelines as a general rule because each Mm -hmm. person is so different. But I will say within that, it's how making sure the person is getting the most energy from what they're eating based on the foods you give Mm. them, making sure they're having the least indigestion, which a lot of people ignore, but there's certain foods we have intolerances to, allergies to, that we don't, we just ignore. And Mm. some of the reactions you have like bloating are not because of your weight, but because of a food intolerance Mm. that you've been ignoring. So the first step around that is really to make sure people are healthy, satisfied, energized by their food, but also that when they're eating the whole process from when the bite of food goes in their stomachs, down their bellies and comes out is as smooth as possible. Mm. Because when you start to see those benefits, like, oh, I have energy. Mm. I'm not sitting on the toilet for 30 minutes. Then you start to appreciate the the non-weight aspects of the food. And I think that's really important is to give people as soon as you can some tangible result from not being on the diet. Otherwise it's easy to get discouraged and be like, oh, I'm not losing enough weight, you know? Yeah. And I I really love that as well because it's it's something that definitely with my clients, I sort of, you know, work on this idea of you know, rather than thinking, oh God, what have I got to give up? I've got to give up chocolate. I've got to give up sugar. I've got to give up pizza. I've got to give up crisps, whatever, that you actually, you're saying to them, well, hey, how about if we approach this from a a position of what can we add? What can we add to make your nutrition more dense? What can we add some veg? Are you eating enough protein? You know, all those kind of things, which, you know, and it doesn't have to be measured and it doesn't have to be like the same every day and all those kind of things. We can still be like relatively relaxed about it, but we can start to make tweaks to add that those things in so that, you know, the other stuff becomes less important in a way because we're full. You know, I we're talking about um in my membership this week, we're talking about snacking. And it was, you know, uh, it came up as like one of the things that people struggle with the most is snacking. And, you know, one of the things that I was saying to people was, look, it's, you're assuming you don't need a snack, right? But actually you might just be hungry. Okay. So what are you going to do? You're going to feed yourself. Okay. So you give yourself some food rather than sitting there for two hours, trying to deny the need for a snack and ending up like going for it with a chocolate. It's like, you're better off going with, oh, I'm hungry now. I will have something healthy to eat (laughs) rather than no, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then you just like binge on something that you didn't want to binge on in the first place because you can't have a point of view of, right, my body needs feeding. What am I going to put into it that is going to feel good, right? Yeah, it, it's really, you put it perfectly is that it's what you're adding, not taking away because mm. dieting is all about what are you taking away? Yeah, And that's, you don't have to do it that way. It's as you add in all of this 
stuff, as you're saying, things like listening to hunger cues, eating when you feel hungry, even if you just had a meal an hour and a half ago, Mm -hmm. but you're hungry and your body needs it, it really starts to chip away at this obsession with food and it allows you to move towards just a completely different approach to the way you eat completely different and I suppose that you know in a way that's similar to exercise as well isn't it that we you know we tend to see it as a bit of a punishment it's like my body's not good enough I must exercise to make it better kind of thing and so again it's it's this element of well it's and 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 we begin to think oh well it's taking away time from my life I'm spending time doing this thing that I don't particularly want to do because I'm punishing my body for something that for being a way that I don't want it to be. Whereas actually, if we can flip that a little bit and we can start to think, okay, well, what are the, what are going to be the other benefits of me doing this? How am I going to feel when I'm exercising regularly? And you start to think about what is it giving me rather than what is it taking away? Um, that can feel easier as well. And, you know, for a lot of, a lot of the women I work with, they, they start to come to a place of, oh, I didn't realize that I could actually start to enjoy exercise because I, I try and encourage them to think about, well, what am I, what else am I getting out of this rather than just what weight am I going to lose and starting to think about the enjoyment of it as well. Yeah. All of it is because you can do, I know people who have spent 15 years dieting and doing intense workouts just to be a certain shape and Mm. they've gotten there. They've gotten very close, but they're still not happy. Yeah. So it's almost like, you do all this work and you can get what you want. Some people do, but then do you really want to spend every moment thinking about calculating the calories after you go to dinner with your friends or tracking every glass of wine that you have or doing a workout you hate just because it lets you burn X amount, which even that's like such a small amount of calorie burn anyway, but still, you know, it's just, um, you can do it, but you got to wonder, is it really worth it? Yeah, that's just it. It's and it's a decision that you have to make, isn't it? Your decision is either I commit to this dieting lifestyle forever, because that's what that's the reality of it. If you want to stay like that, you have to stay on the diet forever. Or do I just do I just want to live my life and find a balance where I can feel good, but it's not taking away from my life. It's it's we're doing it in a way that's adding to my life. Yes. Yeah. And the big question that I have clients ask themselves, and I think this this shifts your mindset completely, is if you could feel confident in your body and you could feel happy and it didn't reflect the scale, like the scale didn't matter, you could feel mm. that way no matter what the number said, would you care anymore about how you ate? Would you care anymore about doing workouts that made you burn the most? You wouldn't, right? Yeah. You would just be confident and you would do things that made you feel good. And that's a big mindset shift that I think is probably still maybe 10 years out for the mainstream. Sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I, and, but you know what? You do it a person at a time, don't you? And that's, that's kind of the approach that I'm taking. I can't, I can't change the whole world, but maybe I can change it yeah. for a few people. And if you can do even that, then I think that that, that is huge because that, because that then has a knock on effect on other people around them as well, because they're kind of going, well, actually I'm feeling great. And I, you know, I've been doing this thing and they're like, well, hang on a minute. Why am I still dieting when she's not having to do that anymore? And she's not having to worry about it. So, you know, it's the ripple effect, isn't it? No, it's so true. It is. It's all about changing one person at a time as you're doing, and then they inspire other people around them. And then slowly, but surely it happens. Mm. So I cannot wait for that day. (laughs) 
definitely. So um, before we kind of wrap up, Sade, can you just um, tell us a little bit about how kind of how you work with your clients and also where people can get to know a bit more about you? Yeah, sure. So in terms of how I work with my clients, do you mean the approach or the specific ways? Yeah, I yeah. Them? so your approach in terms of, you know, if you if you've got a new client that comes through to you, like what what how are you going to work with them? What kind of things are you going to do with them? What format do you work in? Yeah, of course. So I do holistic wellness. So basically it includes fitness, nutrition, mindset, habits. And when I'm doing it, when I work with someone, I create from scratch a wellness plan for them, which has seven different areas in it of well-being. And in each of those, some of which are, of course, nutrition and fitness, but we're going deeper than that too, including the relationship they have with food. And from that plan, we are creating essentially a new mindset for them around food, which includes their meal plan, but it's also, it's almost like food therapy in some ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although we don't talk about childhood or anything like that, but... (laughs) (laughs) You know, it goes deeper into what's your relationship with food. So this plan in the seven areas is what we focus on. And I do a minimum of one month with each person, but usually we go average about three. And Mm -hmm. by six months, they don't need me anymore because they have this plan. So they take it with them. It shows them how to incorporate fitness into their own life, their own schedule. It's not anything crazy. It works with what they do because I created it based on what their availability is, what their goals are. And same goes for the meal plan. Same goes for the habits, the mindset the morning and evening routines. It's kind of like a complete lifestyle makeover, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's how it works. And yeah. And at the end of it, my goal really is that I want people to do this without me. I don't want people to to Mm -hmm. need me anymore. They can always come back, of course, for small things, but I want them to feel independent, like they've learned, Mm -hmm. not that they can only be healthy by my side. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? That's that's the big difference between that and diets (laughs) because diets like depend on you coming back over and over and over again so yeah it's really nice like you say I kind of you know similar to the way I work I suppose is that I want you know particularly with my one-to-one clients for example I will work with them but my my ultimate goal is to encourage them to get to a point where they can be independent you know they may come and join my membership and a lot of them do after they finish but just to give you know they've got workouts there and stuff. So it gives them um, that bit of variety and that bit of community around it, but they don't necessarily need that kind of one-to-one intense support so much. And, you know, and and that's got to be the goal ultimately, hasn't it? To make people self-sufficient. Yeah. It's, you said it perfectly. It's about maintenance is different from dependence. Mm. And if they want to come to you for some small maintenance areas, that's great. But I think with a lot of trainers it ends up being dependence and mm. unfortunately that just doesn't serve anybody in the end it's you know so that's great that's yeah same strategy yeah great okay so where can people find out more about you then Shade? Sure. So I have a book coming out, which is The Seven Steps to Feel Good Naked. And it's the seven areas that I teach clients, essentially this wellness plan I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can find out most about me. It's on my website, which is feelgoodnaked.com. And that is naked without the E. Awesome. Okay. We'll pop the uh, details in the show notes as well so that everyone can find out more about it. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely be getting that book when it comes out. When's it actually out? (laughs) So it will be out actually on the 16th. So very soon. Yeah. Oh, wow. Really soon. Awesome. Of November. November. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Fab. All right. 
I'll look out for it. So thank you so much, Sade, again, for being here today. It is always such a pleasure to speak to somebody with the same kind of mindset as me around healthy living and actually very refreshing to see that there are starting to be more of us out there as well. You know, as I've said before, I definitely feel like it is a growing movement, but that could be partly because of what I surround myself with. Um, But I hope the message is getting out there that a life of dieting and restriction is not necessarily the route to a happy, confident self. Uh, But I'd love to know what all of you think as well. So do let me know. But for now, I'm going to say goodbye. Uh, Thank you, Sade, again. And I thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. And I'm going to look forward to seeing all of you again very, very soon. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at Alex Chickfit for plenty more inspiration. <laughs>